is episode 40 of Caucasus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. My name's Andrew. And my name is Eli, and welcome to 2019. Now, yes. I First have one to, released this year, right? Yes, and we have to apologize to all of the um, sleep-deprived, uh, bloodshot-eyed, weeping, um, panicked, you know, uh, in other ways, disconsolate listeners who've been waiting an entire month with no word from us. <laughs> and all, all I have to say is, you know, our producer and editor... We even recorded, Andrew, to our credit, we recorded a little blurb <laughs> about taking January off. And what, that guy, where is that? File? That guy didn't even post it. <laughs> it's like he was just out to lunch. So we're going to have to talk to him. We're going to talk to him and give him a good, you know, rousing box deer or something. So, no, that, that guy. Um, oh, I just got here. Oh, hold on. Hold on. Yeah, I just got a message from him there, and it and he just said, "I'm so 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 sorry." Yeah, I didn't send that. So, um, yeah, we forgive you, <laughs> editor. But yeah, we did take January off. Even we need to rest. I know that may surprise some of you. It's true. Oh, my mic is falling over again. Dang it! I'll take it from here, Eli. No worries. Um, hey, let's give a shout out here right from the beginning. To Sarah, I got an email from Sarah this past month, and I am not sure what country she's from. Um, she uh, was definitely a native English speaker, but she visited. She visited. This is a young single female traveler visited okay. the North Caucasus on her own, and uh, spent a couple of days in North Ossetia. And she found our podcast online, and I uh, emailed for some advice, but. Sarah, great job visiting the North Caucasus. Uh, got some of that Aseti and hospitality. Hello. Yeah. So, we, yeah, that was cool. Solid, solid shout out. I'd like to shout out um, the podcast Caucus Talk, which came up on our Google Alert. <laughs> That's right. So, yes. if you don't know what a Google Alert is, it is you tell Google periodically to search for certain terms and so if you like always want to learn about i don't know the washington redskins as most of you should then you could just have every week it sends whatever is out there about the washington redskins um yeah. or the Cauc- north caucasus and lo and behold we were on it bing bing so that is I like think it was for Assetia. Assetia. yeah our Assetians interview so that is there. registered fame but we hope you guys are had a great New Year's and have rung in 2019, you know, in all the great ways. Um, Pitygorsk has had a pretty mild winter. Very little snow. A little bit, but very little. We found out that um, in Moscow, the sun shone for, I think, it would be about 18% more sunlight this past December than last year. This year, the sun was recorded as having shown in the city of Moscow during the month of December for seven minutes. <laughs> My goodness. Wait, so it, if that was 18% more than last year. It was six minutes shined, last year. <laughs> sh- yeah, that is hilarious. Wow. Uh, so just be thankful for your latitude and all that, wherever you may be, all the... 
all the Siberians are like shaking their fists. You got seven <laughs> minutes. Uh, no, actually, it's often really sunny in Siberia. So, shout and, out to um, all our Siberian listeners. You know, it's a it's beautiful. Uh, let's see, our our government's running again, which is nice. Andrew, our shutdown, government shutdown is over. Last week, <laughs> that's oh, Andrew's man. that's Andrew's face of I'm not responding. So how did moving, how did that work its way in here? Moving right along. Um, I think before we get into today's topic, we should uh, have a segment. Yes, I have a question for you, Eli. Bring it on. What's in a street name, really? <laughs> I should have seen that coming. <laughs> <laughs> Why, whatever do you mean, Herr Andrew? So, so we haven't done this in a while, listeners, but uh, one thing you'll notice with uh, all street names in all cities of Russia is... They're often named after a person or event in Russian history and uh, most often connected with uh, Soviet history. Yeah. And so um, something we started noticing in our city was... Uh, and by we, were, Andrew means he. Carry on. Yes. Uh, teamwork. <laughs> but uh, there were Caucasus names uh, on streets. Right. And so started doing research and learning about folks we didn't know or events and... Um, yeah, so I was in, uh, Ingushetia recently at first pop quiz question for you. It's related to the street name, Eli. Okay. Who was the president oh. in Russia after Joseph Stalin? Khrushchev. Khrushchev. That's right. Nikita Khrushchev. I didn't quite say it right, but I nailed it. Khrushchev. 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 Yeah. But uh, so I was in Ingushetia last fall, and there's a street in the capital of Magas named uh, Khrushchev Street or Ulitsa Khrushcheva. Hmm. And I was really surprised because I've never seen that street name in Russia. Right. And like he's, I don't know if controversial is the right word, but Andrew's like, head is wobbling back and forth. If that tells you, yeah, like what he means in Russia in Soviet history, like I mean. Yeah, mixed. Tough act to follow with Stalin and like <laughs> that's one way to put it. <laughs> yeah. Uh I mean he eventually like was relieved of his duties. Um <laughs> and so you hear deferring opinions locally about him, but in Ingushetia he is highly respected. Do you know why? Uh cuz there's a street named after him. Yes. So this is this is a <laughs> this is a brief glimpse into English history, but I have no idea. Uh, one, one sad thing that happened towards the end of World War II in the North Caucasus was several of uh, Caucasus nations were like completely deported to Central Asia mm -hmm. uh, and Siberia. Uh, they were accused of like betraying the Soviet Union. The, that was the Chechens, the Ingush, the Balkars, the Karachai. And then there were others as well, but those were the, the primary Caucasus nations. And right. so literally they were all, those nations were all uprooted, sent to live there. And in 19, Stalin, so Stalin passed away in 1953. Khrushchev became the next president. And in 1957, Khrushchev was the one who decided to send them all back to their homelands. It's called rehabilitation. Uh -huh. he, he, he rehabilitated them. Yeah. And so, uh, just seeing that street name, help, like, 
was able to make that connection. Like there's deep respect and gratitude to Khrushchev for doing that on behalf of Where, the And people. so you might not see that, that name on a street in some other part of the country for, because of the mixed, the mixed things, but down there, they're at least recognizing and honoring the, what do you call it? Re- rehabilitation. Yeah, that's right. Rehabilitation of the English nation. So anyways, um, yeah. So that is what's in a street name. Um, Eli, have you been skiing yet this winter? You're a big skier. Oh, slay me. No. You know what? Before I came back to Russia, my in the new year, early in the new year, I almost went on the East Coast in the mid-Atlantic outside of Washington, D.C. with my brother, what what you ask skiing <laughs> around Washington D.C. Yes, uh, desperate times call for desperate measures, um, but I didn't go. In fact, the reasons I didn't go, I will I will make will become apparent as we talk about today's topic. Skiing in the North Caucasus. What it's a perfect wintry topic to just to give a little insight on because there's some great skiing out here. There is. And obviously winter tourism is a big deal in certain parts of the world, um, including here. Yeah, we've talked about this in passing and in, in more you know, generally, as, uh, particularly in relation to the old Caucasus. What did we call it? Adventure? Uh, yes. Our 2019 specialized trip that despite overwhelming crushing demand, we spontaneously and single-handedly unilaterally canceled. <laughs> so. That that trip was supposed to start the day after this podcast. I released. know. <laughs> I'm painfully aware of that. Um, but no, it, it didn't have a ton of traction um, this year. But uh, there is a lot to be known about skiing in the North Caucasus. Yeah, and you are a big skier yourself, pretty experienced. So it'll actually be great to kind of compare and contrast what is here with what's what's there. Okay, so uh listeners, in case you didn't know, skiing is a big deal in Russia. There's actually over 200 ski resorts in the country of Russia. What? Yes. So, can you can you define ski resort because I do know from driving around that like you can be in the middle of nowhere and like come around a little knob on a hill and behold, a ski lift. <laughs> and then like <laughs> That's it. Is that a, is that a resort? I mean, yeah, maybe that's too loose of a term, but it's any <laughs> that's that's any place where folks intentionally go to, go to go yeah. where there's an infrastructure for skiing or snowboarding. Right. Okay, and that's so there, there actually are some really good places out in Siberia uh, connected with the Ural Mountains and the Altai Mountains. Sure, uh, and the seasons there are much longer, so uh, <laughs> those are those are uh, really good spots. But, but the, and we're talking about downhill, by the way. We're not talking. We're not including cross country, because yes. most of the country is good for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the the top ski slopes and most visited in Russia are in the North Caucasus, and that's and in awesome. fact, and in fact, we have at least one that ranks definitely at the top in Eastern Europe, supposedly. So, right. Let's dive into that. And so you don't toot your own horn. I don't know where you wrote, you just wrote an article. Did you get it published somewhere? Is Not it published yet. Soon, soon to be published and we'll soon to be published. We'll make sure to have, have a All link. All right. 
Andrew that, is a published. Hey, let me just give a shout out to Andrew real quick because not about skiing, but he has an amazing article on uh, the website radrussia dot what is it dot com dot com r a d russia dot com and it's looks like a Russia tourism site and he's got an article about the North Caucasus there that makes me want to go um, again. So let's check great, it out. Great article. Trying to spread right. the word. Yeah, it's good work. Um, so yes, uh, I think it's uh, you might not have known this, Eli. It's good to say that. Uh, in the North Caucasus, every republic has a ski resort. Did you know that? I don't, I guess, no, I didn't know that, but I can see that. Yeah, so like Dagestan, Chechnya, Ingushetia, North Ossetia, Kabardino-Balkaria, Karachay-Cherkessia, and Adigea, every one of them has a ski resort. And Karachay-Cherkessia has two really good ones. Mm-hmm, um, true. So, like, obviously, the Caucasus Mountains are an amazing mountain range. And so, like, wherever they go, people are skiing. You know, the mountains. Yep. <laughs> um, That's true. So, I, w- I would assume a lot of you listeners watched some portion of the Winter Olympics in 2014. But those were in Russia. And uh, even though I don't remember much at all on the broadcast, them actually mentioning the the Caucasus mountains, they probably but didn't. those, I mean, those were the slopes of the Caucasus mountains. It's yep. the far, far Western, uh, kind of end of the range that runs into the black sea. But Sochi technically, I mean, that's, that's the far tip of the Caucasus mountains. And I think people might get confused because, you know, some of the, the visuals of Sochi include their palm trees and that kind of stuff, because it can be so mild at the water, but then they blast up, um, you know, whatever, 1,500 meters into the mountains. Uh, and even though the air is often warm, warmer, uh, it's still like legit skiing, snow-covered mountains. Right, yeah. Um, so really beautiful area. And uh, I mean, I would say before the Olympics, Sochi was not on anybody's map around the world. But obviously, you know, leading up to that event, an amazing infrastructure was built, put into yep. place. And so that actually, I would say Sochi now is the premier ski destination in Russia. So so just to orient everyone, we're going to talk about four main ski areas today. Is that right? And Sochi is the first one. Yeah. I mean, obviously with the Winter Olympics, like they had millions and millions of dollars invested at the federal level into yep. their slopes, into that region. And so it's it's on par with like European level resorts. So that means you've got a lot of people do like the luxury thing for skiing. It's there. The prices are there. And Sochi is really, Sochi is the city. Um, the ski resort is Krasnaya Palyana. Yes. I'm right. And it yeah. really is a, a conglomeration kind of like uh, Aspen, you know, like a, a set of several resorts right next to each other that That's right. take the name of one resort. Yeah, that's right. And the ski resorts are a little further into the mountain from the city of Sochi itself, but like it's kind of everything a lot of folks want when they go to ski. Like Sochi is a nice city. It's got a good nightlife. Um, There's fancy restaurants everywhere. 
you can get five star accommodations uh, if you want to like have that luxury ski trip. And then there are lots and lots of slopes of different uh, difficulties to ski there. Yep, they've got from green up to black. They've got um, over a half dozen gondolas among their their sites. Uh, sorry, their um, different resorts um, and about as twice as many chairlifts. So it's very developed. Again, that's one I haven't been to because there's not really a straight line from where we are to there. You have to go around, and it's, yeah, it's a, a bit a far. Long trip. Yeah, but uh, and most importantly. Uh, that's where uh, President Putin spends his uh, leisure time skiing. <laughs> well, that tells you something. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, there actually, there was an article written in uh, early February 2017. Uh, it's by Peter Hardy, who he wrote this piece uh, for the Telegraph um, newspaper in uh, England. But it's titled The Best 10 Best Ski Resorts in Eastern Europe. And Sochi is on there, and he says that specifically Rosa Couture, the resort that hosted all the Winter Olympic Games, and he specifically says Sochi's slopes, Rosa Couture's slopes, are the best developed and most challenging terrain in all of Eastern Europe. So now that's interesting because I have skied in two other countries in Eastern Europe, Slovakia and Romania. Okay. And... um so that tells me that gives personally it gives me a benchmark. I mean those those places they were pretty small, um, but they they did strike me as what I expected when I heard Eastern Europe, and this was several years ago. So I'm sure a lot of it has changed, but um, it makes it sound like that definitely com- is competitive with you know any of the ski resorts you might find in Europe. Did you ski at was it Jasna in Slovakia? Oh, that's Jasna. a good question. Jasna? I've, Jasna? I I. I would be Joe. I really don't. Tartranska Lomnitsa. That's where I skied. How about Poyana Brasov in yeah, Romania? Yeah, Poyana Brasov in Romania. Yeah, and those are both on the list, actually. All right. All right. Yeah, yeah Poyana Brasov is, is pretty legit. Um, the mountains aren't quite as tall as ours, but. So. Now, when we talk about the other three areas. So let's list them, right? Yes. So Mount Elbrus, of course, highest mountain in Europe. That's here in Cabardino Bulcaria. Elbrus. Um, and then you go right, literally right across the range uh, to Garcia Cherkessia. You've got Dunbai, which is uh, Dunbai and Elbrus are kind of the historically yes. the yes. like benchmark ski resorts of the North Caucasus. Right. And then uh, Arhiz is a newer one that is also in Garcia Cherkessia. So I've never skied Elbrus. I've skied Dombai and I've skied Arhiz. Yes. And for different reasons, so far my favorite is Arhiz. Okay. And I can kind of fill fill you in on that. So why don't we say a couple things overall about these these resorts? I think we should we have to acknowledge that most Westerners who come are not going to come purely because any one of these resorts is better than what you would find in Utah or Colorado or something. They're smaller. They're not developed in the same way. Right. Um, And so you're just not going to, you know, it's not like you're going to Whistler, you know, with where you can ski for 45 minutes without stopping. So we totally acknowledge that. And these are, 
I would say, a very different kind of experience altogether that you're going to be after. Yeah, it's true. So the way the way I think about this, Andrew, is you're gonna. This is going to be part of a bigger package or part of a bigger picture for why one would come to the North Caucasus in the winter. Yes, um, one of the one of the main things is the beauty. You could come for the beauty. I mean, the, I've never had a view like a view from El Brus. Not I'm not talking the top. I'm talking the side. You know where you ski from. Right. I mean, it is. Everything that's cracked up to be. It's a, this massive, majestic mountain range that you can just stare at all day and yeah. the light changes on it and it goes on forever and the clouds moving. I mean, it's, it's really, um, that's one, one good reason that people should consider the North Caucasus. Agreed. And I mean, I think there's a sense of like kind of that off the beaten track type feel. Like, Definitely. I would assume, unless you are from Russia listening to this right now, I mean, you would probably be the first of any of your friends to come ski these right. slopes. Um, and so that, for some people, has quite the appeal, you know? Right. The exotic piece of it, and like you said, off the beaten trail. I think it's a good point to make. Like, you don't have to visit the Caucasus or Russia in the summer. You don't just mm-hmm. have to do that, you know? Like, this is a destination in the winter. You could pair it. If you've never been to Russia, like you come ski here and then go visit Moscow and St. Petersburg on your yeah, way or out. Or vice versa. You know? So, you know, some people's business or whatever might take them to or through Moscow. You, you program in two days for skiing, and I, I think you'd find it worth it. So when you put it in the, uh, like the adventure tourism or kind of the ecotourism basket, I think it makes a lot more sense. Like one reason you're coming for is a really different cultural experience that is not like Eastern Europe and it's not like Western Europe and definitely not like the U.S. You're coming for a raw uh, natural beauty that I haven't experienced anywhere else. And then we can talk about the price point. Yes. So let's talk about Sochi. You have actual data on this. Sochi this year, you know, this, this, they've got, you know, whatever, close to 150 kilometers of, of, of runs. Um, They're over 1500 meters in elevation. So we're talking a big, a lot of, skiing what's yes. a, a day a day ski pass there uh fifty dollars right a day yes it was just shy of uh three thousand rubles and that's less than fifty dollars right now right right yeah so how does that compare with like uh aspen or whistler or Vale, some of those places if i were to go to aspen snowmass it's 160 bucks for one day lift ticket Wow. So three times over three times what it costs to do at Sochi. I'm just going to roughly say that you could assume every other expense in your trip is going to be at a similar discount. Not every single one, probably across the board, but um, all the, from the rentals to the accommodations you can find, like you said, you can find the five-star thing, uh, yeah. but like you could definitely certainly in the Caucasus, do a trip like this, a legit, really satisfying skiing trip for truly a fraction of the price of a Western resort. Yeah. And then, so we're just talking about Sochi. So Sochi, the lift ticket, you know, just straight comparison off what we found online today, 2019 prices, less than three times the amount of like Aspen. Right. Elbrus right now is less than five times the amount of 
Aspen, uh, under $30 a day. Um, $100 for a four to five day ski pass right now at El Bruce. Right. And so that's, or he's in Dubai are going to be similar to yeah. that. So like, and accommodations are going to be way less at El Bruce, Dubai, or he's than Sochi for sure. Um, and Cost you know, less, yeah. even lots of locals that go skiing, I consistently hear from them that Sochi's too expensive for them. That's why they go to Arhiz, Dumbai, mm-hmm. and El Bruce. So, like, mm-hmm. I think it's worth saying, like, these are the destinations for Russians, and they really enjoy them, you know? So, my brother, who I mentioned went skiing outside D.C., mostly because to take his kids and it's accessible, to put his kids in ski school and get a one-day lift ticket and rentals was 85 bucks. Now, wow. if you're used to skiing out west, as we would say, in the U.S., at least from the East Coast, <laughs> if you're used to skiing the Rockies, um, 85, that's a total steal, you know? Um, right. But we're also talking, like, the most expensive skiing in the world. And that is one of the big yeah. obstacles for people getting into skiing. It's like, ah, it's so expensive. i got to spend all this money just to get a day. And that's legit. So probably mentally people are thinking ski in another country, that's going to be astronomically expensive. And if you're going to Austria or like France, yeah, it would be because you'd be talking about all the same prices plus airfare. When you talk about Russia, I think what you offset and save from skiing in the Caucasus, that difference is not even necessarily going to be the amount of round trip airfare. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, when you talk about a, a car rental, you know, eating out, um, where you stay, not to mention rentals, the ski pass. I mean, you know, it's a many thousand dollar thing to do that in the U.S. Well, if you can get to Russian back for twelve hundred, a thousand, which is totally reasonable, even your less. ski trip, yeah. your ski trip can cost less than that. After that, yeah, that's a good point. I, you know. Uh, I have some good friends who are big Clemson football fans and uh, mm-hmm. shout out to the Clemson Tigers won the college football national championship in the States. Um, but I, I was texting with them after Clemson won and they said the plane tickets from the East coast to San Francisco was were $1,500. That is crazy. Isn't that crazy? And I told them, you could fly to Russia right now in the winter for half that price. Yeah. <laughs> right, especially in the winter. Yeah. Anyways. Now, truth be told, you can get the steals. You can get the deals. You can get the $49 cross-country things. Definitely, you know, JetBlue or whatever. They have those. Um, but typically, those aren't the kind of fares you're going to be able to get to go to a ski resort. Yeah, and um, like Eli mentioned, like, Sochi has a real nice infrastructure. It it feels like maybe a ski resort you would be used to more uh kind of higher higher class in the west. But uh Arhiz, Dubai and Elbrus are not that. Um but there's that feeling of being kind of out there in the wild with that too, you know. Uh Elbrus does have four-star hotels, nice really nice four-star hotels. Um there's rumors that a Holiday Inn is being built at Arhees. Uh, no. Yes, uh, but you know we'll we'll believe that when we see it. And well, this is what th- this is. A, yeah, this is what I wanted to say about Arhees, which is, um, I loved it. It's it's a smaller ski area. The the mountains are not as precipitous where it is. Um, 
and it doesn't have uh, the same distance of what's it routes on it. Um, but it had a great variety. I went there for a day. Um, I didn't have any like children or anything with me. But not only that, they had a really great uh, kids area. They had a very fast lift and a nice little village, I think, is starting to be built yeah. up at the base. Um, Dombai is like very compact. It's a fun little town, but if you're trying to get away from crowds, it's probably not where you want to go. Um, <laughs> and so, and Arhiz has a lot of trees. Like I said, I haven't been in Elbrus, but my sense of Elbrus is it's pretty exposed. There's not a lot um, off the off the trails. I don't know that. Um, but yeah, Arhiz had. I love tree skiing, and I just played all day. Kind of, and there's really nice snow, really good powder. So, oh. to me, it's a place I would take my family. Uh, actually, I hope to this winter, um, and that I you know want to go back to. So. That's my plug for Arhees. And I think it's up and coming. So I think you know, yeah. people should keep their eye on it. Arhees has like good fin- like federal funding behind it. And so um they they say that Arhees when it's finally finished is gonna be amazing. Yeah. Um you know, one thing that is a big draw to the all of the Caucasus ski resorts is uh all of them have some form of the backcountry or free ride skiing. Right. And uh so uh this is like the extreme for the ex- extreme of you guys out there uh who want to like do like totally untouched um and some of that is called heli skiing like you can actually be helicoptered up to like a top peak and then ski down from there. Other folks will actually acclimatize like they're climbing Elbrus. They'll actually climb Elbrus and then ski down it. Um, and but- I, I just want to put out there, if I do Elbrus, let me say when, but that's how I would love to do it. I would love to go late spring and ski mountaineer up, which is where you put basically grippy things on the bottom of skis and, and you have loose heels and you can hike up on top of the snow on skis and then you take your grippy things off and you get to ski all the way down. Yeah. That's my that's what I'd love to do cuz that would be like this the route of my lifetime. Yeah, I mean that's that's a big kind of draw of the North yeah. Caucasus is And I would imagine I don't know about backcountry but I would imagine there's a ton because it's so open between ski areas. There's not like ski areas packed together. I just imagine that there'd be a lot of opportunity to go do, you know, do some backcountry. Yeah. Ch- Chaget is a kind of neighboring mountain to Elbrus, but Chaget has no like marked slopes. It's purely like a backcountry type mountain. Uh-huh. And so, yeah, kind of blaze your own trail. Um, yeah. So, and then I think a cool thing about Elbrus, Dumbai, and Arhiz is most of the local, uh, folks who like run the resorts and work there are the local Caucasus peoples, Balkars and Karachais. And so like you really can get a better sense uh, of like the local people there. Uh, They've been living on that land for hundreds of years. You eat the local, like the Hichini, the cheese filled bread, um, the Caucasus soups. Um, 
It really is a, cox- a cultural experience being there. And I just got to say, there's nothing like coming in off the slopes to a little cafe that's like perched on the edge of a cliff looking. I mean, you sit at your little table and you've got this picture window next to you with just the world like right at your feet and you're got your blazing hot tea from the samovar and then you get your like hot noodle soup your uh lakman or something i mean and then the like fresh bread it's just so different from like thudding into this cavernous dark cafeteria at a really expensive place and paying 15 dollars for like a lukewarm hamburger i mean <laughs> there's just like that's so frustrating. <laughs> so uh, they definitely like keep the hospitality up on the mountains. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, man, I don't know if you were planning on this listeners, but now's the time to come like the, the slow. <laughs> <laughs> we'll help you get a quick visa. If not 2019, 2020, but like the slopes right now are packed. Uh, this is where Russians come to enjoy their skiing. And, uh, Sochi, I think, has taken a had a big bump of internationals in recent years because of the Winter Olympics to ski their slopes, and I think I think we're hopeful that the same thing will happen here at in uh, El Bruce, Arhiz, Dubai, and even some of the other smaller ski resorts in the North Caucasus. And I would also say, if you are if you are a cross if you are cross pollinated at all in your winter sports, if skiing is just one of them, if you like cross country skiing or if you do ice climbing um help me out what are some other ones snowboarding well that's yeah that's still a downhill thing you can but do there's paragliding here in the winter in the winter yeah well, at dumbai it's it's awesome so you, uh, you, you can know do the atv four-wheeling mm-hmm. sure snowmobiling um like there there's a whole kind of set of winter stuff that could be done i don't mean to sound just like a pure salesman but i think what we're trying to do is let people in on what you might not know or assume just probably isn't, right. isn't how it is. So there's a lot here. And, you know, if nothing else, Andrew and I are here, you know, guys. So, so <laughs> come see us, please. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it's in case you're curious, like what's the practicalities of traveling here? Uh, most folks travel to Moscow, fly to Moscow. And then it's a, Two hour, 15 minute flight to Mineral uh, Nevadi, MRV is the airport code. And then from there, it's a three, three and a half hour drive to Orhiz, Elbrus, or Dumbai. Uh, you can also fly in internationally to the MRV airport, Mineral Nevadi. Mm-hmm. Uh, Istanbul flies here regularly from Turkey. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's other uh, surrounding countries that have flights here. Does Dubai fly um, in? Dubai is certain parts of the year flies here. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So get your visa and come on. Sweet. I would love to hear from any of our listeners. If you've skied, uh, any of these places and get your honest thoughts. Um, I would love to hear from any of our local listeners who have skied some of the smaller resorts in Dagestan, yeah. Chechnya, yeah. North Ossetia, Adigia. Several we didn't talk about. Uh, yeah, check us out on uh, Facebook, Caucus Talk, if you haven't already. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. Awesome. All right, this was episode 40 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus, mountains of Russia. Thanks for listening. We will see you when you get here.